prayers. <clears throat> asking the Lord to um, give my voice some strength. <clears throat> this is worthy to be spoken. Um, last time we went over some of this, but I, I, I want to go over it in more, a little more precision. Remember last time we went over, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. Um, and why? Why don't? Because we have a more sure word of prophecy. That's why not. We're not going to be distracted by someone else's version of what Christ did. Let's let's go to the to the source. The apostles. What did they talk about? Um, what is a more sure word of prophecy? We don't need a an update, right? We don't need an easy to read Bible. We need Christ. If you can get Christ inside the heart of men, well, see, now now some progress is going to be made, right? If people will come to Jesus, if they'll believe that he is, right, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him, well, see, the burden, the burden of the minister is to bring people to Christ, because that's where all the power is. I can tell you a whole bunch of different things that I've seen and I know, but Jesus is the remedy. He's, he's the more sure word of prophecy. All the others talked about Jesus. He was going to come. The Messiah was going to come. He, Peter's saying, he's come. <laughs> he's here. We touched him. We handled him. He's real. Peter's burden in this chapter is to get people to, to believe that Jesus was really here. The Messiah that God spoke of is really here. He's come and he's given us everlasting life. You can't, there's no better message than this. You were once in sin. God couldn't look on you without judging you. Jesus showed up. He laid down his life that you might have life and Peter's labor in this. We have a more sure word of prophecy. In other words, there's no reason for us not to believe. God's done everything that it takes to help you to believe we have a more sure word of prophecy. We don't need tricks and plans and church planners to come in and try to modify. Th- I tell you, this is not of God. People come in and they try to modify things to make people feel good. You're not going to save anybody by, by, by trying to make them feel good in church. I don't even know. Is there is there anyone from, the, from, from Genesis all the way to Revelation sought out to please the people? And if they have, were they ever productive in producing anything that will make people want to come to God? See, people say, we need Christ. That's what we need. He's the answer. He was the answer to all my problems. Say, well, well, so he solves all your problems. Well, in a sense, he does. All those things that were holding you back, Jesus can deliver you from sin. That was really your problem. You want to talk about the chief problem is that we had sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what did God do? He sent a remedy, his own son. He sent a remedy and he took away sin. You know, that thing that was in the way, he took it out of the way. Yeah. You know, there's a sense in which we don't really need men to constantly remind us of sin because the law does a perfectly good job of that. 
God gave the law so that sin might be seen as sin. Sin is really, it's exceedingly sinful. But see, men can gloss over it. Men can say, well, it's not so bad. But the law brought it right right up to the light, right? Right to the light. Sin is sin. God hates sin. So if you're in defiance of God, there's no way you can exist in his presence. You just can't. He'll, He'll cast you out of his presence. But see, we need something more than a law. He gave the law, right? And it did its work. But it showed us that we need something greater than just a definition of who we are. We need to be changed. And Jesus can change a person. He can change you. He can alter your nature. He'll get, in other words, he, he, you baptized into Christ, you become a new man. Now that new man, now see that, Jesus can work in that. God, God's pleased with the new man. We need Christ. Actually, he's the only one who kept the law and made it honorable, right? So you see how God gave the law to show the exceeding sinfulness of sin, and Jesus comes along and keeps it. What does that prove? It proves he's righteous. He's righteous. The law, for him, see, the, the, the law, yeah, it had to be kept, but see, he kept it from a completely different position. He kept it from being righteous, Jesus didn't have to try to be righteous. He is righteous. He's the express image of God. God, I love this text. I'm going to read this. This is relevant. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these days, and we can even say in these days, has spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heirs of all things. Jesus has been put in charge of everything. So if you have Jesus, there's a sense in which you can inhabit these things. Right? By whom also he made the world. The word of God was there. He's, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And it was good. Well, who was that? That's the one who was born of a woman. He came. He was sent. He hath appointed him heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory. Talk about God now. Jesus comes into the world. He's, he is the brightness of his father. The manifestation of God in the body. You know, no man's ever going to see God more clearly than he sees him in Christ. God can't be seen any clearer. And and he's the express image of his person. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. When, 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 When Jesus judged the Pharisees, what was he showing? He was showing this is how God feels about you. That's what he was showing. And upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, that's where he brings us into it, he brings us into this thing. Jesus came as a demonstration of the purpose of God to reveal the purpose of God, and at the same time to reveal how much God hates sin and how much he's going to save men from it. He's the express image. There is no purpose that God has that Jesus has not expressed. He is the effulgence. He shines forth. You can get in Jesus' presence 
and it'll resolve a lot of issues automatically just because you're there. Just because you're, you're, in other words, we would say it like this. I'm, I'm focusing my attention, all my attentions, I'm harnessing them, and I'm focusing on, on seeing Jesus more clearly. Full face to Jesus. That's just, you're going to get something that you can't get any other way if, if that happens. You focused on Jesus, and that focus will never not be rewarded. You'll, you'll see something about God that you didn't see before. He purged our sins, and then what happened? He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now see, in a nutshell, that's the gospel. He came, appointed by God, came into the world to take away the sins of the world. But he, he, did, he did more than that. More than he made it possible for God to inhabit those that Jesus saves. He can dwell in their hearts by faith. In other words, he can get us ready for eternal habitations. Because that really is where we're all headed. We're all headed for some eternal habitation, a place where we're going to stay. Now, those who reject Jesus, this has got to be understood. If you don't receive Christ, if you don't live for Christ, there is a habitation you're going to, but it's not a desirable one. It's one that's going to be greatly hinder your, your ability to express yourself. Let's say that, okay, those that, that, that go, are going to glory, he's working in them, right? Both the will and the do of his good pleasure. They're submitted to Christ. They're on their way to glory. Jesus is, is, their, is, is their, their, their glory. They, they want to see him more perfectly. They grow up into Christ, okay? They have these eternal inheritance, and, and, and they long for it. When they get there, they're going to move into a body that can't sin, right? It can't sin. It can't express any kind of evil. But that's a joy for them because they've been cultured to not express sin. They've already denied ungodliness and worldly lust. They've disconnected from the world. They don't love sin anymore. And yet they're in a body that, that, that wants to sin. But ultimately, they get to their eternal habitation. They're in a body that can't sin, and they're overjoyed. I'm in a body that matches my, my nature. But what of those who aren't? What of those who have cultured sin, who do? They, they enjoy it, and, and they, they, just, they don't take heed to the warnings. Well, they're going to get put in a body that can't sin either. And that's the torment that Jesus is talking about. That's the worm that dieth not. They want, they want to express it. They want to. They, but there's no way for them to express it. Jesus has come that we don't ever have to be in that condition. Praise God. He's come to deliver us from the wrath of God. It's coming. It's coming. It's out there. You say, well, don't talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. It's the wrath of God, and it's right at our doorstep. Every moment of every day, God gives you life, or you would enter into it right now, this moment. Yeah. If Jesus hadn't come, we'd all be destined for hell, yeah. separated from God. Yeah. But see, he has come. He's come, and he's given us salvation. Amen. Praise God for Jesus. Amen. Before there was a heaven and an earth, before God called light day 
and the darkness night, before there ever was a first day, God had a desire. God had a purpose. God wanted to do something. He wanted to reveal himself. All through the scriptures, you look at the Old Testament, and and it comes a point in time where Israel has departed, and he said, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And he says, and then they'll know me. Then they'll see me for who I am. The only problem is he is working with sinful people. But now he's got a people. He's got a people that can see him and appreciate him. Jesus has produced the will of God. See, Jesus had a big, big, big job to do when he came here. He had to take away sin, but that was just part one. Now he's getting the people ready to be servants of the most high God. I'm telling you, you can't, there's no higher calling than this. God wants you to be there at his side with Jesus, reigning in his kingdom, just like Jesus overcame. And he's reigning right now. Right now, Jesus is reigning in heaven. And his purpose is to bring the sons home. Bring them home. Well, who are they? All the ones that God's given Jesus. God imposes his purpose on the lives of men. Now, whether they understand this or whether they know it, that's really immaterial on some level. God imposes himself on the human race. If, if, and really, if he didn't, nobody would be saved. If God didn't intercede at some point in time and take away your sin, well, the law proved. Everyone who's ever tried to live under the law or tried to I'll say it like this in our generation, I just do the best I can. I just tried to, if I, you know, I haven't murdered anyone. Well, we would say not yet. But see, sin doesn't just stay in one stage. Sin advances just like righteousness can advance. You come into Christ, you can grow. Well, if you don't, you're going to be on the constant decline. God imposes his purpose on the lives of men, lest they become so consumed with living here in the world, they will forget that they're going to have to leave the world someday. So see, he'll send his prophets, he'll send his ministers, he'll send messengers to do what? To wake them up. This is not the only only reality. This is just one. Actually, it's a temporary one. Job said it like this, or actually, um, one of his friends, he sealeth up the hand of every man that all men may know his work. Now, you can take that a couple different ways, but I'm going to take it like this. If God gives you a day off, you give it to him. If God makes it to where I can't work outside today, it's raining. It's raining. God gives the rain. You say, well, well, that's kind of minuscule. No, no, wait a minute. God's inner, he's imposing upon you. In other words, he's creating a circumstance where you have all this free time. Now, what are you going to do with it? I, I, I would just throw that in there. Think about it. See, men, they need to be thankful that God is God and not man. Because if men, you see, if they were completely in charge of their whole affairs, they would never repent. They, they, they wouldn't. God has to, he has to impose himself. The gospel is actually very imposing if you think about it. 
It announces to man that at some point in time, God interrupted history, sent his son, and took away sin. Why? Because you don't have to live in it anymore. God did this. God sent his son at the right time. If sinful men could satisfy their true desires, if they could satisfy all their will, well, there wouldn't be any more Christians. They'd kill them all. This is how much the devil is against against us now. If he had his way, if the devil just had his way, he wouldn't have just tempted Eve. He'd have just taken him out. But see, the devil cannot do what he wants. He can only do what God approves. This is what it says, Job 5.12. Now, this this is good stuff. This is men who lived a long time ago in Abraham's time. And they had this kind of wisdom about God, which proves to you that anybody gets close to God, God modifies their understanding. Right? He'll show them things. See, God is willing to save. He's not like holding back. This is what he said. He disappointeth the devices of the crafty. There are things out there that hasn't happened to you that would have happened to you if God hadn't imposed upon that situation. Okay, why? Why Why does he disappoint the the devices of the crafty? This is Job 5.12. So that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. They want to do something that will ultimately disrupt the spreading of the gospel. It will will stifle it. What does God do? He, He... He interjects his will, says, no, you can't go one millimeter farther. Remember, he did it to the water when he created the earth. Remember, he created, he said, not, you got to can go to this far and that's it. The water can't, you know, if the water had it its way, it just flow wherever it could go. But God, God didn't let it. Why? He's showing us something. He's God. I'm saying this because. God saved us to be saved. David's seen the mercy of the Lord over and over, actually. This is what he writes. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me according to thy mercy. Why? That they may know that this is thy hand. So, and now see, this is, this is right thinking. Call God into the equation. Something bothering you, something getting in the way. Call on the name of God. Ask him, take this away. I don't want this. I want to see you more clearly. Since Jesus has died for the sins of the world and raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, and he's opened up a new and a living way, Christ has, has, has freed God up to be merciful to men. He says, oh, that they would call upon the name of the Lord. See, he would hear it. He would hear it and he would come to your rescue call upon his name see why is it why can we depend on this because we have a more sure word of prophecy what what we've been told what jesus exposed when he was here showed us that that god is willing and able to save man if they'll just press in if they just have a desire do you have any kind of desire in your heart to please God God will meet you there and he'll bring you into the kingdom and he'll give you to Jesus and you know what you'll have everlasting life it's a promise we have a more sure word of prophecy I can tell you this and it's absolutely true because Jesus died for your sins and he rose from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the majesty on high 
I. Now see, in the, in the past, the prophets were looking forward to it. It's come, brethren. It's come. We have reconciliation with God. Praise God. Amen. See, God wasn't just making himself known to man, but he's working through humanity to make himself known to all of his creation. God's working in men. So the angels and the principalities and powers, they look down and they see, God's merciful. We didn't know that. We didn't know that God was, would be long-suffering. They're witnessing something about God in your salvation that they couldn't witness any other way. And what are they doing? You look, look, at the, look at Revelation. They'll see something, they fall down before him, and they praise him. Why? He's God. He's righteous. He's good. He's just. He's holy. He wants you to be like him. Praise God. See, Peter's telling us, we've seen and touched the one that bruised the serpent's head. We touched him. We seen him on the holy mount. Remember, remember what he told to Eve? He told him he was going to bruise the serpent's head. Back there in Genesis 3, he was going to bruise his head, and um, the serpent was just going to bruise his heel. Jesus did have to die for sin. Jesus gave up something so we could be saved. So how do you how do you injure Jesus? He submits to the wrath of God being laid on him. That's that's how you hurt Jesus. Jesus in the garden, I mean he says, Is there any other way? He wasn't saying, I went out of this. He was showing us, helping us to understand that he didn't want. Just go through being separated from God. But he did it. See, that was a separation that we, we deserve, not him. He was righteous. But look at what Jesus did. He took away our sin or separation from God. He took it away so that we might be joined to the Lord. Amen. So see, this is a guarantee. We have a more sure word of prophecy. What I'm saying can't be altered. It's already done. Amen. Isn't that good? Amen. It can't be undone. And I know, you know, we've heard this before. Let's hear it again. Let's hear it again. Jesus, he took away our sins. And now we can come, come with boldness into the very presence of God and let our requests be made known. Why? Because he loves us and he gave himself for us so that we would be one with him. Jesus said uh, we could be one with him as he is one with the Father. It can't get any closer than that. You're in Christ. You're in the heart of God's will. The Pharisees, Jesus shows up. You know, he's, he's kind of a strange character for the time. No man could look at him and ever find sin. Nobody could ever find anything wrong with Jesus. That's probably because there wasn't anything wrong with Jesus. Jesus was holy. He was righteous. But the Pharisees, they tried their best. And when they couldn't, then sometimes they would hire people to tell a lie about Jesus. But see, they didn't really understand what was going on with Jesus. Jesus said this in their presence, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Yeah. What was he saying? 
He was saying, you know the verse in the Bible, but you don't understand what it means. Here I am standing right before you. I'm the, I'm the image of God. I'm living just like God lives. And yet you can't, you can't see it. Why? Because he says, because you don't believe. You don't believe. Even though they were religious, they really didn't believe. Now it says in one place, and this is a good exhortation for us in the context of this, in the context that we have a more sure word of prophecy. We do well to take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Brother, right now, there's a sense in which we are all living in dark places. We're in a world that's destined for destruction. A world that's going to, the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. One of these days, we're going to wake up and the world won't be here no more. Now, whether or not we pass on and then we wake up, we get raised up from the grave. We're still one of these days where everyone's going to wake up and they're going to see the elements melting. And the saints are going to be gathered on a sea of glass. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, amen. Mingled with fire. Yeah. yeah. See, they're going to be sanctified. 100% sanctified. And then, they're, <laughs> then they're going to be a new heaven and a new earth come down from heaven. And the saints are going to inhabit that. Isn't that worth it? dying for now see Jesus does ask you to die let's just be clear about that in order for you to get into Jesus you have to die with him that's what baptism is all about you're dying with Jesus in order that you might be raised up to live for Jesus but see the well flesh and blood can't understand that Nicodemus would tell you I don't understand that but he, would, he didn't always not understand it. When Jesus rose from the dead, see, these things were made known. The man Christ Jesus is the day star. You say, with the day star, rise in your heart. In other words, you do well to, to, to give heed. If you don't see things clearly, just keep pressing in, keep believing, and the day star will rise. In other words, your love for Christ will trump everything else. And when that happens, now the real progress will be made. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And he's living right inside of us right now. We have a Savior that's present reigning, not just in heaven. He's ruling inside you. That's right. Okay, now, how do men, why do men think you're different? Because Jesus is ruling in you. They thought he was different. And well, he, he'll get to work doing the same thing he did when he was here. Living for his Father. And then when he's inside of you, he'll, he'll show you how to live for his father. We have a more sure word of prophecy. John said, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, that one. All right. And that believing because you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you'll have life. You'll have life (laughs) through his name. All the promises of God in him are yea and amen. See, everything God has is available to you through Christ. If, if, um, if he's in you, you have it all. You, you have access. Now, see, now it's according to your measure, right? It's according to your understanding. So the question is, is do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? Do you believe that Jesus sent him to the world to lay down his life for you? If you do, you have access to God. 
Doesn't get any better than this, brethren. Doesn't. See, we're not told. See, uh, we're not told to, to, to teach people that, well, Jesus, he was a character in history, and he might have risen from the dead, but we don't have a lot of history about that. We're, we're called to tell them that now Christ is risen from the dead. Why? Because this is the truth. It's a more sure word of prophecy. Now, in John 14, 3, Jesus said something. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Why? And receive you unto myself. Then he gives you the reason that where I am, there you may be also. That is a more sure word of prophecy. The fact that Jesus died and ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of, of God, it was in order to prepare men. And at some point in time, there's going to be no more time. See, there, time, it isn't like random. God already has a time when it's going to end. Right. Time shall be no more. Right. That which tells you that we have a limited amount of time. And even, even if you just look at our own personal calendars of time, how much time has God given you? I have no idea, but he knows exactly how much time. It may be in one hour you fall over. It may be tomorrow. We don't know. And that's the point. That's the point that he's saying. See, the, now is Christ risen from the dead. Now he's become the first fruits of them that slept, which means that eventually you're going to have a body like his. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. This is a more sure word of prophecy, brethren. It's going to happen. You, nobody can stop this from happening. Yeah. The question is, is, do you believe it? Will you believe it? Will you press in and say, I'm going to believe that? Say, well, I don't understand it all. Believe it. And God will open it up to you, and you'll see implications of that in your everyday life. In other words, I'm going to lay down my life for him because he laid down his life for me, and God's going to bless me because of that. Yeah, it's a more sure Word of prophecy. We know from the testimony of the scriptures that Jesus is not presently residing on the earth, right? Has anybody, there haven't been no sightings of Jesus where you go there and he's really there, right? No, he's gone away. Why? So faith reasons that if he's gone away to prepare a place for me, then he's coming back. He said he would. He said, if I go away, I will come back. So faith reasons that he's, he's gone to prepare a place and he's going to come back. Now that, that will impact you every moment of every day if you let it. It will. It'll cause you to make decisions based on that. He could come back right now. He could come. And let me tell you, as soon as I started thinking like that, it stopped me from doing a lot of things that I otherwise would give an allowance for. He could come back and catch me doing this. No, no, I won't do that. You see how Jesus' words are truth in their life. In other words, they will bring you life when we walk in them. The elements melting. Well, I had a physicist tell me once, we were having a little discussion on Facebook about the elements melting. And he said, that's impossible. It's an impossibility. And I told him, amen. That is an impossibility. These elements cannot melt. But the same one that created it is going to melt it. The same one that created the laws of science and physics is going to break them. Why? Because this world's going to lose its functionality. 
Jesus is going to come back. And everyone that's believed in him and given themselves to him is going to be saved. Everyone who hasn't is going to depart from him for all eternity. And that really is the bottom line. And what side of that equation you're on? Well, give heed, brethren. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Thank you, brethren.